Hey, what's up, you guys? It's your boy, The Muffin Man, coming back at you again with another episode of the Refresh Podcast. And guys, I am super excited to bring the long-awaited episode four back to our series on Joseph. I'm super excited to announce that I'm almost at a place where I can create podcasts consistently again. Praise God, my wife and I are currently under contract to buy our first house. It's super exciting, and I know I keep saying super exciting. <laughs> Maybe that's just my uh, habit word, you know, today. Uh, some people say um and and and, and super excited <laughs> anyways, right? But my wife and I are currently on the contract to buy our first house, and that's definitely a huge blessing as well as it is a huge ball of emotions. I'm excited, but I'm also nervous, but I know that God is faithful and he will show us how to take care of what he's given us. And we want to praise him through the entirety of that. But one of my uh, biggest things that I'm excited for with this house is that we are going to be building a podcast slash YouTube slash study area that we're going to get to use to create all of these different things and to just immerse ourselves in the word of God in just a peaceful room and setting and um look praise god I, i'm not bragging by any means of this I, i'm simply just blown away by how things have evolved that you know four years ago we started this podcast with zach um just being the front man of it and and how much the lord has really just taken it and breaking it and, and multiplied it and i i couldn't be more thankful for what god has done with the ministry of uh, refresh podcast but enough chit chat let's go ahead and open up in prayer and get this party started father we just love you so much and we give you glory and honor and praise father we just thank you for this time once again to get together and reflect on the goodness and the power that is found in your word Lord, I pray that you would anoint my lips and speak through my mouth. Let my mind be in sync with yours. Let my spirit be in sync with your spirit. And Lord, I pray that this would be a word that would be retained, a word that would be refreshing, and a word that would be challenging to our hearts and our lives. Lord, we love you so much and we give you glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, enough chit-chat. Let's talk about who we've come here to talk about, Joseph. Now, when we last left Joseph, and this was found in Genesis 39, 1-6, he was working for Potiphar as his servant. Now, Potiphar was the head captain guard for um, for Pharaoh to kind of give you, I guess, a little more insight on who Potiphar was. I don't know if I mentioned that in the previous episode. I'm pretty sure that I did because that's how Genesis 1 starts off. But the hand of the Lord was on Joseph and Potiphar recognized it, even in difficult situations. And when things don't go according to plan, let God be displayed in your life. See, Joseph wasn't originally meant to be here with Potiphar. His brothers had sold him into slavery, and he was exchanged from that slavery to the prison guard, uh, I'm sorry, to the captain bodyguard Potiphar. And when things didn't go according to plan, I'm sure Joseph didn't imagine that he would be in Egypt, uh, much less a servant, but he allowed God to be displayed in his life and um, it brought Potiphar to a place to believing in God when he didn't know who God was because he saw God moving through the life of Joseph. 
And it's because of the favor of the Lord on Joseph's life, it overflowed into everything that Potiphar owned. And Joseph was held accountable for Potiphar's things. Potiphar recognized those things and he says, I'm not going to leave anything that I own um, away from you. I'm going to allow you to have control. I'm going to allow you to have um, leadership over all of the things that belong to me to keep an eye on for me. Now, you know, everything's going amazing in the life of Joseph. What could possibly go wrong, right? But listen, enter the scene, Potiphar's wife. Now here, I want to take a time out and say that I have heard this scripture preached several different ways. I've heard it used in terms of purity. I've heard it used in ways of avoiding the sin of adultery. I think I've even preached it once myself in terms of purity. But the Lord showed it to me in a different light, moving along with the motion of our focus on Joseph. So we're going to dive into some scripture and we're going to read. And, and this is found in Genesis 39, starting with verse 6b, meaning that second half of verse 6 and going into 23. So let's read. And it says, Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? But as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household were there inside. She caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. When she saw that he had left his garment in her hand, and had fled outside, she called to the men of her household and said to them, See, he has brought in a Hebrew to make sport of us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I screamed. And when he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. And then she spoke to him with these words, the Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came in to me to make sport of me. And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now, when his master heard the words of his wife, what she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail the place where the king's prisoners were confined it, and he was there in the jail. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail, so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge, 
because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. Now, I know that was a lot of scripture. Let's recap together, right, and just kind of see what's going on here. We're going to start it off with like verse 6b said, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. This tells us that God's favor wasn't just in the things that he did, but his actual appearance. I firmly believe that because he was so faithfully devoted to God, that God allowed him to have the form and appearance of handsome. Form, I imagine like he's chiseled, he's buff, right? And handsome appearance, meaning like in his appearance, like in his character in his, his actions in his responses in his characteristics he has that appearance of handsome right so check this have you ever have you ever spent a lot of time with god or you know maybe church was just moving and holy spirit was pouring out and you spent a lot of time with god in in the secret and in that setting of worship and someone comes up to you and says oh you're glowing you know i've had this happen a couple of encounters and i'm like what in the world is that person saying what do they mean i'm glowing do they mean like my skin is oily right but now this isn't something to toot your own heart about or to grow conceited that this is a direct response a direct reflection of spending time with god see the more time we spend with him we begin to sound like him and we can very well glow like him you know not as radiant as he does but we can definitely kind of glow a little bit like moses but Less on the scale, you know, Moses was glowing so much that he could have blinded the people that was with him, right? But anywho, check this out. After the events of Potiphar giving Joseph rule over all things in his house, his wife began to look with desire at Joseph and said, lie with me. Now, when I read this passage, um, the word desire stands out to me. And desire can be both a noun and a verb. And the noun definition said that it's a strong feeling of wanting to have something or wishing for something to happen. So whenever you desire something, you desire something in person, in place, in thing, or idea. In a verb, the verb definition said strongly wish for or want something. So... We can say that based on what a noun is, that it is a subject. Would you agree with that? It's a subject because it's a person, place, thing, or idea. So a desire starts in the subject before it becomes something you do, which is the verb. Let me say that again for you. A desire starts within the subject before it becomes something you do. See, Potiphar's wife would look at Joseph and strongly want him to lie with her. She wished that it would happen, and this feeling was so strong that she began to want it and to do it. She wanted it to happen. Now again, I'm not focusing on the sexual aspect of this message. We're simply just navigating through the Word of God to get an understanding of what's going on. But look, here's the thing. When everything's going well and God is moving strongly and you're operating under his anointing, all of the pieces of the puzzle are fitting and you're full of joy and everything is going your way. Here comes in the distraction of sin. Then the distraction of sin will come waltzing in 
asking you to lie with me. See, it's no mistake that after the events, and I love how scripture says that. It says that it gives us the insight that says after the events of Joseph being put in command and, and thriving and, and the outpouring of Holy Spirit in his life is overflowing into the goodness of all that Potiphar has and Potiphar is seeing the move of God through the life of Joseph after these events. This is when this takes place. It's interesting because sin will come waltzing in after you're focused on God and being obedient and established in that position. And the overflow of Holy Spirit is pouring out and it's impacting everything around you. And in comes sin, desiring for you to be with it. Here comes sin, looking on you with desire to have you. but. What's Joseph's response? See, in verses 8 and 9, it says that Joseph refused. He reminded himself and Potiphar's wife of everything that Potiphar had trusted him with. He even says, like, I'm in a position where there's nobody in this house greater than me because I am the real dealio. Like, he didn't even say that in a way that was conceited or, like, look at me, like, bragging. He was just saying, like, I'm just making the point that there is nothing here to me off the limits. I can have anything that I want. And Potiphar trusts me. But the one thing he says don't, that you cannot have is my wife. And he says, rightfully so, like you're his wife. And then he goes on to say that um, the position that he was given of the growth and the favor the Lord had given him. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? See, Joseph gave credit to Potiphar where credit to Potiphar was due, but for the things that were entrusted to him, he didn't forget that God was the one that allowed him to be there. God was the one that punched his ticket from the pit to Egypt to be in Potiphar's house. See, here Joseph teaches us how to respond to sin when it desires for us to lie down with it. We need to refuse and remind ourselves of the goodness of God, of how far he has brought us and continues to bring us. He is the greater than sin's desire for our lives. In the story, right? Now, see, in verse 10, it says, As she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. See, she did not give up. She strongly wished for Joseph to sleep with her, and she pressed this idea day after day. It's important to note here that Joseph didn't give up either. He still refused just as he did the day before. See, sin will come to attack us day after day, and we are to close our ears off to the voices of sin like Joseph did to Potiphar's wife. Verse 11 tells us that, there we go, I lost my place. Now, verse 11 tells us that now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the household were there inside. Verse 11 goes in to say that she caught him by the garment, saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. See, Joseph went into the house to do his work. And no one was home. Now, you know, uh, 
sounds like a wee bit of a setup to me, right? You know, that, oh, so nobody else is going to be home, just me and Potiphar's wife, you know? It sounds to me like Potiphar's wife said, hey, you guys, go work on this outside for me, or hey, you know, here's, here's some money, go into town and get a few things, you know? Like, um, I just need some me time, some alone time, some alone time, excuse me. Let me get some water real quick, guys. Hang tight. Ah. <laughs> Sorry. So, to me, it sounds like a setup, you know? Like, okay, I'm going to get him alone, and then I'm going to stop the trap on him. And so here it says that, you know, Potiphar's wife caught him by the garment saying, lie with me. Now, this is the first time that Scripture mentions it turning physical. The entire time before, it was just words, and it was her saying, hey, I want you to sleep with me day after day after day, that she was just trying her absolute hardest, but now she decided that she was going to turn her words into action. This leads us to understand that the desire in her heart for Joseph had reached its peak. It wasn't just words anymore, but these words grew into action, and she made her move on him. But understand that Joseph was focused on doing the work of God, and sin came to distract him from doing that. There will be times in our life as well that we are like Joseph, that we are focused on doing God's work and sin's desire for us to pull away from God and ultimately trade heaven for hell is sin's end goal. I'm going to say that again for you. There will be times in our lives as well that we're like Joseph. We're, we're going to be focused on doing God's work and sin's desire for us to pull us away from God and ultimately bring us to a place where we trade heaven for hell, that is sin's end goal. Sin's desire for us is to sin and curse God. I'm going to say that again, guys. I'm sorry. Sin's desire for us to sin and curse God is so strong that the devil... And all of his demons are willing to let their words evolve from just words to action. See, when we are grabbed by the garment, run clean out of that thing. Don't even look back. Even if it is your favorite garment, run. Leave it in their hand and run. Here we see that Potiphar's wife in this moment, she, she flips the script and her desire on Joseph because he rejected her in the most embarrassing way to her. So you have to understand that she was probably very attractive, especially since she was the wife of Pharaoh's captain. You know, we see this often in, in times, especially in this time, you can see a reference of it in Esther, how the, the king has all these beautiful young ladies presented before him. So he can determine which one he wants. You know, I'm sure there were times where Solomon and David did this. So there's there's evidence there that, you know, that, that leads us to believe that because Pharaoh's captain, you know, now this is Egypt, so maybe it's a different setting. But regardless here, she's probably a woman that is very beautiful and she probably thought very highly of herself. But, you know, Joseph's not only crushed by her desire. Wait, let me say that again. Joseph not only crushed her desire, but her ego. She, oh, this is probably her mindset right here. Oh, I'll show him. Don't lie with me, huh? Oh, oh, guards, guards, help me. 
you know, uh, see, he brought in a Hebrew to make sport of me. He came in to me and alive with me and I screamed. So here she basically says that he violated her and she screamed and her scream made him run away. Understand this, friend. Sin doesn't like you. No, man, Sin paints the picture pretty. But on the other side is a stick of dynamite waiting to explode on you. I'd like to explain it to you like this. Have you ever seen the old Looney Tunes cartoons? Where Coyote and Roadrunner would always be going at it. And, you know, Coyote would normally paint this beautiful tunnel on the mountainside. In hopes that the Roadrunner would see it and run full speed into it. And then he would smack the wall and... This huge boulder would fall and plant him, but every time that Roadrunner would run straight through, he would he would run and he would actually run through the tunnel itself. And Coyote was like, "What in the world?" And he would run and he'd smack into the wall, and, and the boulder would come crashing down on him. Well, see, you know, Sin is the exact same way. Saint Sin paints this pretty tunnel on a mountain wall, just wanting you and I to run through it and Sin demonstrates and runs through the picture and then we're like Coyote and we're like oh dude that that's cool and we run and then we smack the wall in this huge boater of shame and failure and regret the the enemy wants that to flatten us Sin wants us to bite debate and then say why did you bite debate I thought you loved God see the distraction of sin comes to take our eyes off of the word of God. Joseph was focused on taking care of all of Potiphar's resources. Potiphar's wife wanted him to take a break and have some fun with her. But when he refused, not just verbally, but physically, she turned against him and made it look like it was his fault. Where does Joseph go from here? Verses 17 through 18 tells us that she tells her husband the same story that she told the guards. And suddenly everything that Potiphar knew, everything that Potiphar trusted about Joseph went out the window. And he didn't stop and think about it. He didn't stop and think about the character of Joseph. He didn't stop and think about it. all of the great things that Joseph had done to, for him and for his house up to that point. But it says that his, he was burning with anger towards Joseph. Verse 20 tells us that he had Joseph thrown into prison. See, sometimes doing what's right and standing for the holy standard of God, it, it will lead us to prison. Whether that's a literal prison like some people experience in other countries when they take a stand for Jesus and, and they're beaten and they're punished and you know they're, they're trying to get them to renounce Jesus. Or maybe that's a figurative prison that um, it could be a spiritual prison. And I'm not saying spiritual prisons are figurative, but I, an alternate to a literal prison, you know, maybe you're in a spiritual prison or a mental prison or an emotional prison. And, and you know, whatever that looks like. See, Joseph didn't wake up that day and imagine that everything good he had done for Potiphar would be all ripped away and he would be sent to prison. But Verse 21 says, But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. Wow. But the Lord was with him. The Lord's favor wasn't just on Joseph because he was in charge of the captain of Pharaoh's house. 
you know, he, 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 God's favor wasn't determined on the location. It was on Joseph's life because of the commitment of his heart to God's heart. The chief jailer had favor with Joseph. See, in jail, that doesn't just happen. I mean, not even in our own power, but God gave Joseph an opportunity to lead, even through the difficult time. Verse 22 tells us that Joseph was given command over every prisoner present. He, wasn't, he was held responsible for whatever took place there. And verse 23 says, The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. In jail, guys, Joseph was given power without supervision because the chief jailer recognized the power of God in his life. This is just how the life of Joseph started in the house of Potiphar. Praise God, that is so cool. In your prisons, will you allow those around you to see the power of God demonstrated in your life? Or will you allow the misery and depression mindset of I'm in prison distract you from what God's wanting to do? From the pit to the palace, from Potiphar's house to now prison, leave Joseph until we come together again. What can we learn from this encounter? One. Focus on the work God has you doing for this season. There are Potiphar's wives all around us. It's called sin. And sin desires strongly for us to take our eyes off of the things that God has shown us to do. Refuse to look. The Bible says that Potiphar's wife acts day after day for Joseph to sleep with her. Sin is relentless. An approach. Focus on today's attack and declare victory and freedom in the name of Jesus over your life. Sin wants to take you down a spiral, one day of defeat at a time. Remind yourself of everything God has done in your life and refuse to give in. When we're thrown in prison, this isn't the end for us. There is still work to be done. Are you imprisoned by your thoughts of your past? Caught up in your what ifs or if I had only done this, move forward. There is work to be done in your jail cell. Allow all those who are in prison around you to see the power of God in your life. For Joseph, it probably felt like he reached a new low after being in such a high place like Potiphar's house. But God didn't abandon Joseph in jail. He extended kindness to him. God was pleased with Joseph's refusal to give in to the distractions of sin. And God is with you as well, friend, and will lead you to a place of extended kindness and favor. Stay committed. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much for the availability of your word, for the accessibility of your word that we have. That we get to take the word of God and we get to read it and apply the knowledge and apply the wisdom and apply all of the examples of the men and women that have walked this faith walk before us. God, today I pray that you'd help us to learn from the encounter of Joseph at Potiphar's house with Potiphar's wife. God, I pray that we would stay focused, that our eyes would be set and locked in on you. That when distractions come, 
when sin comes to attack, that we can stand firm, that we can know that you are with us. Help us to stay committed that even in the difficult times, the things that we don't plan for, we know that you are there. And God, we pray that you would walk through those moments with us. God, we just thank you so much for this word. God, we thank you so much for the power that is found in your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be strong and resilient in the world kingdom. And that we would be reminded of every good work that you do. Lord, you are so faithful and you are so just and you are so kind. And we can never ever put words together that would express how grateful we are for you. Lord, we love you and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Guys, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Refresh Podcast, where Christ goes before us to give you another refreshing word. This has been your boy, the Muffin Man. I love you guys. Cannot wait to be back with you again. Until then, you have a good day.